0: To scale e-commerce for a manufacturer, I like to say we need to make a great first impression. My little key word is is web presence. Welcome to Manufacturing Happy Hour, the podcast where we get real about the latest trends and technologies impacting modern manufacturers. Manufacturing Happy Hour. Each week, we interview industry experts that are at the top of their craft and give you the tools tactics and strategies you need to take your career and your business to the
1: next level and now your host chris lukey hey what's up folks welcome to episode 32 of manufacturing happy hour today we are talking all about e-commerce strategies for manufacturers We're going to be talking about it specifically in terms of why manufacturers need to stop being the best-kept secret in their industry. We have no better person to talk to on this topic than Kurt Anderson, the author of the new book, Stop Being the Best-Kept Secret, Manufacturing E-Commerce Strategies. He's a member of our Manufacturing Happy Hour Industry community. I've been getting to know Kurt over the past year and beyond Great guy. So without further ado, here are three things you can expect from today's episode. First, we get into Kurt's story as an early adopter in the e-commerce space back in 1995. After that, we talk about focusing on your strike zone, your unique areas of expertise as a manufacturer. Kurt gives us a great analogy from the restaurant industry that really illustrates this followed by the third thing, which is even more customer examples and analogies that illustrate the importance of e-commerce in this day and age, from being able to test out new ideas quickly and cheaply to tips for scaling your business in general. Anyway, great episode ahead, fun conversation. I had a blast hanging out with Kurt. If you'd like to access any of the resources we mentioned in this episode, there are a good handful of them. You can do that at manufacturinghappyhour.com 32 to get to the show notes for this show. Finally, if you would like to leave a rating and review if you're enjoying the show, make sure to go to iTunes to do that. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com iTunes. That'll take you straight to Apple Podcasts on your iPhone or on your desktop. Reviews don't need to be that long. They can be as short as a couple sentences, and that feedback really helps us shape the show. Again, that's manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes to leave a rating and review. And if you can't tell, I've been talking pretty fast because I really want to get to this conversation. I think you do, too. It's a fun one. Let's get you introduced to our friend Kurt as we talk about e-commerce. Our guest today has been rocking the e-commerce world since 1995. As an early adopter with two and a half decades of experience leading multiple businesses in this space, he's now sharing that experience as an e commerce evangelist for manufacturers through webinars, his website b2btail.com, as well as his new book, Stop Being the Best Kept Secret Manufacturing e Commerce Strategies. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Kurt Anderson to the show.
0: Welcome to the show, Kurt. Chris, what an honor, privilege. You know, you and I go way back. I'm a loyal, diehard, uh, happy hour attender, if you will. And so what you do, and I know you've had a big career change. Kudos to you. Congratulations. It's just, you're such an inspiration. So what an honor to be here. Thank you. Well, it's great to have you on.
1: And yeah, we've gotten to know one another, it's probably been over the the course of the past year as you're a member of the manufacturing happy hour industry community. So it's cool and we're able to bring folks like you on that are such an active part of the group and share your expertise to the broader listener base. And and e-commerce is a great topic for this time of year. This is coming out in the holiday season. We've all probably been shopping small. We've probably all been on Amazon. Everyone seems to have an e-commerce strategy these days, including manufacturers. And that's what we're here to talk about today. But before we dive into that, you know, we want to get to know you a little bit first. And you've been doing this, like I said, for two and a half decades, since 1995. And you got into this space through, if I read your LinkedIn, right, through the imported silk flowers and floral supplies space back then. Is that correct?
0: It's it's a long story. And the reason I got into e-commerce is one reason and one reason only, de- sheer desperation. So okay. uh, it's a long story. I, I, uh, I, I graduated from college in 1990 uh, mm-hmm. on a Friday. Three days later, I took over a failed family business at 21 years old. Okay, and it was a total disaster, uh, and and I continued that trend. My my accountant at the time likes to claim that I was the biggest disaster that she had ever encountered. This was around nineteen ninety five or so, and so I was running out of options. And I and this whole internet thing was this e commerce thing was new. So for us old timers, you remember like. Uh, Netscape and America Online and 14.4 dial up. You know, there was no Google, no social media. And I'm like, what what is this e commerce thing? And so that's, uh, I I won't take any credit other than sheer desperation. That's how I got into e commerce. Okay. So you needed to try something (laughs) new. Well, I I do want
1: to dig into that a bit more. What made you think e commerce was the secret then at that point? Because I mean, it was this is pre Amazon, really. Like you didn't really have any case studies to go
0: after. So what made you such an early adopter? What made you forward thinking in this regard? You know what's funny? It was like 1991 in in a close buddy of mine, one of my best friends, his parents bought a computer over the, over the the computer at the, like, you know, in 1991. So you really weren't saying the internet. It was like, sure bought a computer over the computer. Like, that's just weird. Like who does that? Yeah. it just kind of intrigued me and then you just kept hearing a little you know like ni- early 90s 92 93 there was like a little bit more of a buzz and what's funny I do a lot of webinars a lot of work well and you know pre COVID I would do these live and I'd be like all right where folks where were you in 1995 and I get the uh, I was in grade school I wasn't born yet you know so just kind of I'm showing my age but it mm-hmm. was a you know, really early time but you know when you thought about it it was like wait a minute, you know, I can only sell so far in a geographical region. If I want to expand that region, I need to have a catalog and mailing and so on and so forth. And I'm like, you can put up this thing called a web page and sell products and not carry a receivable, not have to deliver it in a truck. And, you, mm-hmm. can, you know, I'm paid before I actually even ship the product. I mean, like on paper is I'm like looking at the process of e-commerce. I'm like, this is a dream come true. And so, you know, it, it, and trust me, it was a long, long, long process, uh, it took me a long time, but we finally gained some momentum in the two thousands for e-commerce companies. If you got through the, the com bubble in 2000, and then Google really hit the scene hard in like 2001, 2002 or so, mm-hmm. then, uh, social media started pick coming to the scene like yeah. 2005, 2006. And then I had a really nice run. And, and, uh, so that's, that was my story. All right, well, always good to see
1: someone that's been able to have a long track record with something that basically for the extent that it's been around, so that's pretty cool. You know, I guess... One one thing we do here on Manufacturing Happy Hour is we always ask the question, it's like, how do you explain what you do if yeah. we're hanging out over a drink at a pub? And I think the way I need to phrase this is let's say we're kicking it at a bar or a pub or on one of our happy hour calls that we do as a group. You know, what how do you answer this succinctly when so like, why is it that manufacturers pride themselves on being the best kept secret? The title of your book is called Stop Being the Best Kept Secret. So why is it something with the manufacturing industry where that's like a badge of honor?
0: Dude, that's, that is that—that is a phenomenal question. So, you know, kind of backtracking. So kind of to, to complete my story. So, um, you know, with the e-commerce business, again, I, I struggled severely. There's a magazine called the Internet Retailer, and they come mm-hmm. up with the top 1000 e-commerce companies Was very fortunate, very blessed. We we made that listing three years in a row, and then I I uh, I had an opportunity to sell the business, and I was kind of done and and ready to move on next chapter, and so I was as I was talking with a lot of different manufacturers, I kept here as a matter of fact I was looking for I was going to transition and look for another uh, business to purchase, and Hmm. and I was looking for that widget expert you know somebody that that was just rocking it they've been doing it for years and they've been doing it through word of mouth they were the best kept secret. Mm-hmm. They, they needed a little help on digital. What I found is like it was almost every manufacturer I talked to. So then I found myself helping them, and then I evolved into a consultant. But every manufacturer that I talked to, almost consistently, uh, kind of that elevator pitch that you're that you're that you're asking or describing. How would you describe what you do? Every manufacturer is like. Oh man, we're the best kept secret. We're the best kept secret. You know, Mm -hmm. we go to trade shows, we have a sales rep that goes on the road, but you know, it's it's really word of mouth. And I'm like, man, that best kept secret. I just don't know if that's a great marketing strategy. And so it became a running joke. And so uh this was like 2012, 13, 14. All of a sudden there were like eye-popping, game-changing e-commerce digital trans uh transformations with companies that I was working with in, in those years. And so it was just kind of a domino. Every manufacturer I'd worked with over the best kept secret. We tried to incorporate a a digital transformation and it was just, you know, I wouldn't say I didn't bet a hundred, you know, a thousand percent by any stretch, but some of these were just game changing. And that just came into the book. So the book in kind of my stick, my spiel that happened, you know, if you and I were sitting at the bar, it's like, how can we help that manufacturer, especially that custom manufacturer Mm -hmm. that's left out of the e-commerce party? how do we help them make that digital transformation so that's that's what i try to do
1: yeah and, and and i was as i was reading the book i was thinking because you mentioned it in there you're like for manufacturers if you're doing something complex sometimes you can only have a book of business that's so large you want to make sure you're able to deliver that complex solutions for your clients but i think where we've seen a paradigm shift is as the world becomes smaller and the internet gives you access to a let's say a custom machine builder on the other side of the country being that best kept regional secret it isn't going to work anymore, so it becomes a necessity. And and you, there's a lot of great stuff in the book. Stop being the best kept secret, and we'll be linking up to that in the show notes. A lot of good tactics around web design, Google Ads. It gets into the you know the specifics, which is great. But there's also some really good strategic stuff in there, which is really where we're going to put the focus on for for the rest of the show today, in terms of maybe shifting the mindset of what we think about e-commerce. And one of the things that really stuck out in the book, and this is because I'm I'm a, a cheesesteak junkie, I love the city of Philadelphia. You have an analogy in there pretty early on. Um, and I want to make sure I have this right. You recommend that companies you know, focus on what they're the best at in e-commerce rather than the whole thing. And you compare this to a manufacturer playing restaurateur.
0: Can you go into that analogy a little bit more? sure well that you know you and i have so much in common passion for manufacturers and 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 passion for cheesesteaks you know so uh the analogy is so many you know it's, it's almost that entrepreneurial curse and you see it consistently with manufacturers i do it all the time unfortunately we try to be everything to everybody instead of and you become nothing to nobody from an mm-hmm. online standpoint. And I always call it like that online identity crisis. And that's my polite way of saying we really don't have a, a good, strong presence online. So what I talk about, you know, I'm a big baseball fan. Um, you know, how do we stay in our strike zone? Yeah. Now, how do you stay? How do you, you know, not to avoid uh, staying out of your comfort zone. You know, let's, let's get out of our comfort zone. You know, you just did, again, what Chris just did, you know, left Rockwell, great career at Rockwell, and now launched into being an entrepreneur. Kudos to you. So I'm not encouraging anybody, you know, to stay in your comfort zone per se, but how do you stay in your strike zone in a chance? Like, here's a perfect example. If you were a custom manufacturer in the Northwest and you for decades, you've been just crushing it in aerospace and, you know, your supply chain is, is either probably tied into Boeing or maybe tied into third, uh, third party sellers to Boeing or somewhere in in aerospace. Well, with a 737, you know, issue a couple of years ago that impacted the industry, and now with COVID, it is just, you know. So when you get caught in the headwinds of that one industry, mm-hmm. and 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 now what do you do? So now you're so now you can say now wait a minute, you just said stay in your strike zone. You can yeah. stay in your strike zone with that preparatory. As a custom manufacturer, they always have a preparatory process. Mm-hmm. Now where they struggle and when they hear e-commerce, they're like, oh well, I don't have a finished good or a preparatory product e-commerce isn't for me. It is for you. And there are great opportunities for you if we can capitalize on that proprietary process. And is there a process that you've been crushing it in your strike zone in the aerospace field for years, decades, what have you? Mm -hmm. However, you're the best kept secret in the aerospace industry. Is there something that you do that would transition to you know, helicopters, drones, other, other, uh, other things that take flight that you can make, you know, this type of part, this type of widget, this type of, uh, again, exploiting your preparatory process. So what I talk about, if you and I someday, when we get past this whole COVID thing, you and I are going to meet in Philly and get a cheesesteak, or I'm going to come to Milwaukee and we're going to have some brats. It's yep. going to that red, that favorite local restaurant where they stay in their strike zone, like you don't go to Pat's Cheesesteak. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm near Buffalo, I, I'm mm-hmm. in chicken wing country. So you know, when you come here, we're gonna get great chicken wings. But I don't eat cheesesteaks when I'm in in up up here. When we're down in Philly, I'm not getting I'm not getting chicken wings. I'm gonna get my cheesesteaks. So the goal is how can you focus? And again, I don't I don't mean to ramble. You know, and on this note, the key is so many manufacturers they focus on I bend metal. I cut steel, I CNC, and it's just from an online standpoint, it's so broad and it's so difficult to be found in that. And you're just never going to be found from a Google standpoint, but when yeah. you can niche down and focus on your cheesesteak and niche down from an online standpoint content, which Chris is doing great job with that content creation or your keyword strategies, that's where magic can happen. So that's kind of my, my, my restaurant tie-in if you will.
1: We'll be right back, right after a word from our sponsor. All right, I have a special guest to take care of this ad for me, so keep listening. This episode of Manufacturing Happy Hour is sponsored by SteamChain.io. SteamChain is the machine-as-a-service company, meaning they equip end-users and equipment builders with the technology that allows them to pay or get paid based on machine performance and production outcomes. That's right. SteamChain is flipping the centuries-old capital procurement process on its head. Now, if you listen to this show regularly, you know I think machine-as-a-service is one of the best solutions in manufacturing right now. But don't take it from me. Hear it from their customers. Let's hear what Robex's president, Craig Francisco, has to say about their Flex Machine-as-a-Service program.
0: You can invest in automation without having to wait your turn for your capital project to be approved. The big benefit for our customers, it takes a lot of pressure off of them to have the system running perfectly when we leave. Typically, once an integrator is done with the installation and startup, then it's, it's now the responsibility of the customer to make sure it's humming along and working. With the Flex program, they know that we're there every step of the way. You know, we're just a phone call away 24-7. We can't do it over the phone, we'll be on site to support them.
1: To learn more, head to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash steamchain or tune in to episode 45 featuring Robex, where Craig talks all about machine as a service. And now, back to today's episode. That's a great answer. I've got a few things to... to highlight from that one I love the strike zone versus comfort zone standpoint mm-hmm. I think that's a great differentiator because you know staying in your comfort zone that prevents growth but f- focusing on that area where you're really good at is huge and I think one thing that makes this th- that makes so much sense is we're in a very technical industry of manufacturing mm-hmm. I think anyone listening can picture all the websites they've gone on where it talks about how this company does XYZ LMNOP but at the end of the day it's like wow, that's a lot of great words. It sounds like you're doing some really impressive things, but I don't know what I can buy from you. I don't know what your main thing you do is. Mm -hmm. I had that issue earlier today when I was looking up some prospects, you know, so Mm -hmm. strike zone versus comfort zone. That was thing number one, crushing it in the process as well. And bring that to other industries, I think is huge. Like when you can, you know, promote that process over the web, like that way, if you, like you said, with aerospace and you know, move into another industry. I think that's another great takeaway for the manufacturing leaders out there. And the third thing is when you and I do go to Philly, I think, you know, I know you used Pat's as the example in the book, but Jim's I think is my yeah. favorite. It's not next door to there, but man, those cheesesteaks at Jim's oh, I can't get enough of those.
0: (laughs) It's funny. Anytime you talk to somebody from Philly or like I have a couple of college roommates down, down in that uh, area. And, you know, they always kind of make fun of me because I love Pats and I agree, you know, Jim's and Gino's. And so, but you know what, we'll go on a cheesesteak tour. We'll hit them all and do a little taste test. Um, I'm all, I'm all about that. I don't know if I've ever shared this on the
1: show before, but in 2018, I went to two trade shows in Philly. So I was in Philly for a total of eight days and During those eight days, I managed to have a different cheesesteak from eight different places, and that is a feat I am still proud of to this day.
0: Dude, that is awesome. That is absolutely my. I can feel my arteries hardening right now as we're talking about it.
1: I don't want to derail us too much. I can talk about cheesesteaks all day. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, another uh, thing that jumped out in the book was talking about e commerce as a way to test out new products Mm -hmm. and ideas. And I think this is another, you know, paradigm shift. You could go into that, you know, how you can use it to test out new products and ideas and maybe illustrate that in the form of an example to help the audience out I, that was another big takeaway I took when when I was reading through the book
0: absolutely so you know th- like so I do these things called ecom. I call them e-commerce opportunity audits I like throwing in that word opportunity because it, it's a little bit more half full than as opposed to beating up where we are or criticizing so I let you know I do these e-commerce opportunity audits I just and I do them all the time. And just did one the other day, and I'm talking with this custom manufacturer, and it's kind of like that keyword sniping. Mm -hmm. So like that, uh, I'm seeing I'm a CNC shop. I fabricate this, I you know, and again we're very. You go on the website, it's very broad. So when you start looking at different searches, and you're like, okay, well wait a minute, you do 3D printing for who or for what? You do fabrication for who or for what? And not to get technical, that's what we call those, those long tail keywords. Mm-hmm. If Chris mm-hmm. and I were trying to sell shoes, we're never going to come up on a Google search. But yeah. if I we're selling running pink running shoes with purple shoelaces, now we have a great opportunity of coming up on search. And I have a teenage daughter. She might actually search for pink running shoes with purple shoelaces. She has a better search result. We have better luck because now we have a a, a A potential client, I and so when I so I'll dig into that example for you right now. Sure. So what I'd like to talk about with that strike zone is who is that ideal dream customer, and I call them in a book. I call them our soulmates. Who Mm -hmm. that soulmate that we're out there? You know, basically your website is a matchmaker, and who can we really connect with? So, again, speaking to that custom manufacturer that um, they're like, man, I feel left out. I bend metal. I cut steel. I'm so broad. What do I do? Mm -hmm. Bend metal for who? You bend metal for what? You do 3D printing for what? And when you talk to them long enough, they'll actually tell you. Honest to goodness, it's within like 10 minutes. They're telling you what that keyword search is. And then I'll show them some examples of a Google result. And there's no competition on that page for Google ads. And again, not to get too deep, there's no Mm -hmm. pitch. There's no images. There's no videos. I'm like, dude, there's this. And like their eyes are popping through our Zoom computer screen because there's an opportunity. So for that preparatory process. So the example I give in a book is a company called Faulkner Electronics. Great. Awesome manufacturer founded in 1985. They're still owned by the same owner today. They manufactured this thing called a ground strap. A ground strap is an item that goes in any electrical device that draws a current Otherwise, and if if you didn't have a ground strap, you'd end up looking like me. And you don't know what I look like, but I have no hair. So it's uh, you know, so everything that draws a current has to have a ground strap. Well, Falcon Electronics manufactured thousands upon thousands of ground straps every month for one customer. They had mm. the machinery. The skill set, the engineering, they had raw material. They had everything in place to scale that one product. That product, that ground strap is a multi, multi multi-billion dollar industry. Out of that market, they had one customer. What Mm -hmm. was the problem? They were the best kept secret. Nobody Mm. on the planet knew that they manufactured these little things. And they had everything in place to scale it. So we're like, okay, to kick the tires, let's put up a web page. That was our biggest risk. That was our investment. And what are we talking? Maybe a couple hundred bucks to put up a single web page of an e-commerce store with products that we just created in these ground straps. We started marketing a little bit, just kicking the tires, testing the market, because now we've niched down. Instead of being super broad, we've niched down with this one product and all of a sudden a customer bought, a consumer bought. Our soulmates start buying. And when I do a webinar, I do these webinars all the time. I show an order from Boeing. So now all of a sudden, one of the biggest companies on the planet knocked on little, you know, they have about 30, 35 employees, Mm -hmm. knocked on little Falcon Electronics. And Chris, they so for Falcon Electronics, it's a great win for Boeing. Mm -hmm. They went on, pulled out a credit card purchase. Falcon Electronics was paid before not only before they ship the product before they even made the product yeah yeah so th- so that was that's a perfect example of like scaling your proprietary process
1: no i think that makes a lot of sense and and, and I, I like the two examples you gave because you were talking about running shoes very easy to picture another in industry but also bringing it into the electronics manufacturing space focusing in on that strike zone and just by putting out a web page pulling in one of the biggest aerospace, you know, customers right. you can get is right. huge. Um, you know, and and I, the last big question I have for you is uh, you started hinting at this, I think. Another thing I came across in the book and as leaving the manufacturers with something pretty actionable to go on is you talk about a three step approach to scaling e-commerce for mm-hmm. manufacturing. You know, I'd love to hear those three steps. I think you were just mentioning
0: the first one with that last right. example, but what are those right. three? So the three are this. Number one, to scale e-commerce for a manufacturer, I like to say we need to make a great first impression. My little mm-hmm. word is web webpression. We need to make it great first web webpression. Every scientist, we could talk to Harvard and Oxford and every smart scientist on the planet will tell you, you have what, three and a half seconds to make a great first impression? So on your website, especially now with COVID, no trade shows, no sales reps are, are, you know, sales reps are grounded. Your website is probably one of your most important staff members on your team. It is your first line of defense. You have to make that great first web pression. Mm -hmm. And and again, like digging deep into like that soulmate going into like that persona exercise. So many manufacturers I talked to like, Oh, well we sell to everybody. It's so hard for us to narrow narrow it down. I totally respect it. I get it. I Mm -hmm. understand it. However, you know, if you're not pleased with your online strategy, that's the first thing I'm going to point at is like, I hate to tell you, we have to niche it down. You've got to pick a cause and pick somebody to speak to. Otherwise your website is disconnecting and they're leaving and going to somebody else that is speaking to their problems. Number two, to stop being the best kept secret. So say you're rocking it. You've got the best website on the planet. You've got to dominate search. You've got to dominate mm-hmm. search. And now when I say that, if I'm saying that in 2005, obviously, you know, it was primarily Google. Now, the only reason we're having this conversation today is because my, Chris and myself built a really nice friendship relationship over LinkedIn. And I think, Chris, mm-hmm. I think we connected about a year. It was like a year ago in October, I started getting involved. So we were pre, pre-COVID and we've built a really nice relationship um, and again, that's so LinkedIn might be where your, where your soulmates are hanging out. Maybe they're on Instagram. Maybe they're on Amazon. It could be on, on marketplaces. And that's my third approach is so once we start dominating search, I talk about getting on the offensive. And getting on the offensive is attacking those marketplaces like Amazon. Alibaba now allows U.S. manufacturers to uh, have a presence on their marketplace. Uh, you have Zorro. You have DigiKey, which is up in Minnesota, great electrical company. So there's a lot of different marketplaces that you can take advantage of. And what are they doing? They make that great first web pression because they have the multi-million, if not billion-dollar budget. So put your products on the marketplaces. Mm-hmm. B, it, they are dominating search. So when you're searching your keywords, those key capabilities, or your core competencies, they're attacking the same keywords you are. Mm-hmm. So I have the approach, hey, man, if I can't beat them, Let's join them. So by niching down and using e-commerce to scale that proprietary process, as an example I just gave with those ground straps, now you can go on those marketplaces and those marketplaces can be a feeder. And maybe they don't necessarily want to buy that specific e-commerce product, that finished good that you've created, but it creates the conversation to say, hey, I see what you have, but I need a different size or a different configuration. Can we talk about it? Because I found you on Amazon or I found you on Google or I found you on LinkedIn. So that's how, that's my three prong approach right there.
1: I love it a lot of actionable advice right there making that great first impression dominating not only search but getting on the other platforms as well you know we've we've only skimmed the surface of everything that you cover in your book today and I knew that was going to be the case with the podcast so my first call to action to the audience out there if you want to learn more and Kurt thank you for bringing up some of the technical aspects in here as well about you know ad words because those are things you all cover in your book as well but for the sake of the podcast we want to keep it a little more casual but definitely check out Stop being the best-kept secret. Manufacturing e-commerce strategies by Kurt Anderson. You know, like I said, we only skimmed the surface today. Is there something you wish I would have asked you that we didn't touch on today?
0: Oh, that's a great question. So, um, something I wish you would have asked. You know, there's just there's, you know, uh, we're talking about restaurants. I have another, you know, since we're talking about the book, I have a chapter in the book. Treat your business, treat your website as a as your business as a five star resort. And what I mean by that is, you know, and so, and, and trust me, like I deal, you know, Chris and I were talking about it. I deal with custom. Uh, I've dealt with custom manufacturers. I have three employees, little hole in a wall, 800 square feet, just a little machine shop. And you're like, oh well, you know, I'm not. You know, our business isn't very sexy you know what, if I'm an engineer, I'm your soulmate at Boeing. And my boss, superior, somebody, supervisor just said, hey, you need to find this widget. You need somebody that has this piece of machinery. You need somebody that knows how to, that has this process. And I can do a search and I don't know that you exist. I can do a search and find that little niche that you possess and you can bail me out of a uh, out of a jam or a problem, man. You are my soulmate. You are a mm-hmm. five star resort. You are the most luxurious vacation I've ever taken because I've just I, because you are no longer the best kept secret. So again, I just I can't encourage. I don't care how small you are, what, it, you know, and e-commerce is so expensive. You know, with manufacturing, we, we're spending a quarter million dollars on a lathe machine or a new CNC machine or, you know, massive capital expenditures with e-commerce, man, it, in, in that digital transformation, we can, you can make that transformation extremely inexpensive. There's no capital expenditure. And I've seen it over and over. It just can be a game changer for your business.
1: I love it. I love how you've made this so down to earth. Great analogies throughout the entire episode that make this really digestible. Again, for the manufacturing leaders out there, make sure to connect with Kurt on LinkedIn. Look him up at b2btail.com to learn about these webinars that he does and definitely check out the book as well. Links to all of those will be in the show notes for this episode. In the meantime, Kurt, thank you so
0: much for appearing on Manufacturing Happy Hour. This was a lot of fun. Chris, thanks a bunch! And one last plug: we do a webinar, a free, completely free webinar every Friday, 30 Eastern Time. We have uh, some of our speakers are from our Manufacturing Happy Hour group. We have mm-hmm. high level speakers. Your dear friend, if you guys haven't checked this out, Chris did. I'm sorry, Chris. I'm gonna. I, I got to give you a shout out. He did a. I'll, game, I'll, I'll
1: let it roll. Go for he did it. <laughs> a game
0: changer series. I believe it was September. It was a four part series with himself and four, uh, five other co- colleagues. Uh, Allison DeFord, she's been, she's one of our speakers at our webinar series. Go back and check out that webinar series. I, I use, I use examples from that series all the time in my webinars. As a matter of fact, they're in my slides now. Uh, multiple things that you and, and Mark uh, Mitchell and Ben Baker, a Zagato. Mm-hmm. So guys, if you get a chance, go back and check out Chris's game changer series. Chris, throw that in the, in the show notes for everybody. That was, I listen to it religiously every week.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll do. And for those of you listening, especially the marketing audience, I'm pretty sure you guys tuned into this. But yeah, you can get there manufacturinghappyhourcom slash changers Will take you to every one of those episodes that we did. For anyone, particularly on the marketing side, highly recommend those. I appreciate the uh, the testimonial there, Kurt. That mm-hmm. never
0: hurts as well. So oh, that was um, it. Was uh, you guys did a great job. And also another you know, join Chris's happy hour. Uh, he has a LinkedIn group. And he, uh, we meet, you know, probably once a month, just an incredible group of passionate manufacturers, great people. So I've made wonderful connections. As a matter of fact, Dave Griffith and I, uh, one of our members of the group, we met in person at Niagara Falls, man. So that was all thanks to, to Chris here. So Chris, thank you for the, the networking and the, the relationships that you've built single handedly. You're just a bridge and just such a, a networking phenomenon. So thank you for all that you do for all of us.
1: Well, Kurt, it's guys like you that make the group what it is. I'm, I'm just the guy that drinks beer and puts up yeah. a LinkedIn page in <laughs> a podcast. But no, I, I, I appreciate you saying those things. I know we have a lot of people that listen that are in that group. If you're not in it yet, it's totally free, easy to get to. Manufacturinghappyhour.com community. We'll take you straight to the LinkedIn page. and um, As you can tell, a lot of the people in that group are also guests on the show. Mm-hmm. So great spot to make some killer industry connections and like i like i was saying kurt always good to connect with you and uh looking forward to seeing you at one of the next happy hours
0: hey thank you so much chris what an honor thank you everybody wish you the best cheers everyone
1: all right all right all right that was a fun episode always good hanging out with kurt if you can't tell he is just an awesome individual and an absolute pleasure to be around he dropped a lot of good resources he has a lot of great stuff to offer from e-commerce opportunity audits if you want to attend one of kurt's webinars like i said all the resources you can find over at manufacturinghappyhour.com the show notes for this episode are manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 32 because this is episode 32 Typically during this time, I would highlight our Manufacturing Happy Hour industry community and recommend that you join, but quite frankly, Kurt did a way better job than I could ever do. So if you're interested in that, highly recommend you jump over to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash community to get taken straight to our LinkedIn page with hundreds of manufacturing leaders. It's an awesome spot to connect with people like Kurt and other people that can help you take your career to the next level couple more things. If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving a rating and review over at iTunes. Those reviews do not need to be that long. It's really easy to hit that five-star button, and a review can be as short as a couple sentences. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes. And the final thing before we wrap up is I want to give one more thank you to our sponsor for this show, Steam Chain. SteamChain is the machine-as-a-service company that's helping equipment manufacturers and end-users collaborate and grow together. Their secure transaction engine for automated machinery is the most secure way for doing machine-as-a-service type processes. Make sure you check them out. Make sure you listen to Episode 5 with Mike Cromachie. Their CEO, you can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash steamchain. Thanks again for sponsoring this show. And with that, that's it for this week. We're wrapping up. Happy holidays, folks. We got more holiday episodes coming. I shouldn't say holiday episodes. I should say more e-commerce episodes coming. That's what I really meant to say. So since I'm rambling again, we're going to wrap it up. Stay innovative. Stay thirsty. We will catch you back here next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Manufacturing Happy Hour. Powered by the Industrial Network.